Good morning. Let's see if I can. Okay. Thanks. Is that your coffee from last week? Uh, it must be Randy's. Randy's from last week. <laughs> oh, the Lord has good things planned for us this morning. So if you are here, just know that uh, God's got your number. He has mine this morning, and it's a wonderful thing to know that the Lord sees us. He knows what we're going through. Yeah, can you help me raise it? He knows about our music stands. And he is a good and compassionate God, wanting to equip us, wanting to comfort us, wanting to strengthen us this morning. How many in here needs maybe just a word of encouragement this morning? Or maybe a, a good word of strengthening? That's good. That's, good. That's great. Right. Thank you. <laughs> and some of us just need Barry around. That's all we need. <laughs> Would you pray with me this morning as we get started? Father, we thank you that you are the center of our lives. Would you be, continue to be, the center of this place? For Jesus, we will praise you with our lives. And Lord, we proclaim our love for you right now, and we ask that as your word goes forth, God, that the truth would set us free, and that the word of God would penetrate deep into our hearts this morning, that we would hear not only words spoken, but your spirit speaking to each of us this morning. Oh, we thank you for your great love for us. Thank you that you are here to speak to each of us individually, to equip us and comfort us and, and strengthen us this morning. And so we will give you praise in advance. And I just invite you now to have your way. Come, Holy Spirit, and do what only you can do. Feel free, Lord, to interrupt me anytime. Do what you want to do and speak through me, God. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, the Lord gave me a picture this week when I was praying uh, for all of us, and it was a picture of um, this, <laughs> this crazy bunch of people in this church, and it may be you, you may be part of this uh, crazy group, that are uh, on their knees almost daily praying for revival. And there's a crazy group of people in this place that are just asking for the Lord's fullness and his goodness to just fill this place, that we would be equipped to go and do the works of Jesus. There's a crazy group of people who are just like filled up and they are going forward. And the only thing is, as they go forward, of course the enemy is trying to take them down. Would you agree? And if that may be you this morning, you know it. The Lord, the enemy is kind of coming at you from different sides. I also had another picture, and that picture was of... A sheep and I heard the Lord say the sheep was outside of picture a big sheep pen this sheep was outside the sheep pen out by itself and I heard the Lord's voice and I heard him say some of my sheep are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd and I felt his compassion even as I heard him speak that that some of us here this morning feel a little bit harassed and a little bit helpless this morning like the enemy's coming at us from all sides and we just feel a little bit surrounded. And so here's the Lord's invitation to us this morning. We are his sheep and he invites us to come to the great shepherd this morning, to come back into the sheep pen, to come back into his comfort and his protection and that he has a plan for us. So whether you're in uh, picture A or picture B or you're in both or you're somewhere in between, 
Would you agree that there is an enemy that comes against us? Anybody else experience him ever in your lives? Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, and some of us go through some struggles sometimes. And the Lord wants us to know this morning, he is the great shepherd. And he has given us everything we need to withstand the attacks of the enemy. He's given us everything we need to walk through and to accomplish that which he has called us to do in the kingdom. He has given us everything that we need already to be whom he's called us to be no matter what the enemy throws at us. And that's good news this morning. So would you turn with me to Ephesians 6 and we're going to talk about how God wants to equip us and get us ready no matter where you are or what you're doing, whether you feel harassed or you're on fire this morning or you're somewhere in between. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, God wants to get us dressed. He wants to equip us. He wants us to be protected. And this is what it says. Verse 10. Isn't this great that he has like, he wants to tell us how to do this? I love this. All right, Lord, speak to us. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Going on. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Lord, we thank you for your word. So here's the deal. We're, I, I'm not going to give you a course on spiritual warfare, but I am going to be a, a brother or a sister to you this morning, to you, my brothers and sisters, and, and say we can be equipped. We can be ready no matter what. I am not the kind of person that looks for the enemy's activity around every rock and want to know, is that him? Is that him? Did he do that? I, I'm not that kind of person, okay? But I would be equally foolish if I ignored the fact that he does come after me. Does that make sense? So it's this balance, right, in between both. We are not to focus on him or even on his activity. I focus on the one who is all-powerful, all-consuming, the wonderful one. I, I focus my eyes on Jesus and who he is and what he's called me to be and on where he's calling me to go, and we go forward. But as we go, there are these things that come at us, right? So it's this balance of both, and we are, we, he does want us to know that it's going to happen. Does that make sense? So that he cannot take us out so that we will not fall, so that we can continue on the path that God has called us to. And some of us today have been a little bit crippled by discouragement. Some of us are feeling a little bit limp just because life is hard sometimes, right? But the Lord wants to equip us to go forward and to go forward in his power. Now, we, I'm going to give you like a quick 
101 on the enemy himself, just so that we see from God's word exactly what the Lord says about him. Is that fair? So, number one, the enemy's names in scripture, um, there are probably more than these, but two of his main names are, he is the deceiver and he is the accuser. Jesus called him the father of all lies. Therefore, because he is the deceiver and the accuser, his main weapons towards you and me are going to be lies and accusations. Does that make sense? And the bulk of those lies, ultimately, I think, are usually aimed at making us call into question the character of God and who you are in him. Often, he will come at us with all kinds of lies and accusations. Well, yeah, you're, you know, don't we? And he wants us to question the goodness of our God. He doesn't want us to trust him. He wants us to question his intentions in our lives. Let me tell you today, you have a good God. You and I have a God who has nothing but good intended for us. But the enemy will come with lies and accusations to call that into question. Let's go on. The other thing that the enemy will do in our lives is come against us physically. We have the next one, Joseph. Yeah. Okay, so... He will come against us in many different ways. And this is, what the, this is what Paul says. For us to be self-controlled and alert. Okay, in other words, let's wake up this morning and let's just be alert, okay? Because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking for someone to devour, looking for someone to devour. What are we to do? Resist him and stand firm in the faith. This is going to be a theme throughout this morning. So I want you to get that into your, into your heads. The thing that we are to do is to resist him and stand firm in what we know to be true. Stand firm in what we believe. But he is out looking to take you down. Okay? Now, I don't fear him because he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. I have nothing to fear. But I want to know and be able to recognize when he's coming at me so that I can be clothed with power in order to resist him. Does that make sense? All right, let's go on. Ah, this is what Paul said about him in uh, the book of Acts. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, this is such good news, with the Holy Spirit and power. And Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. So two things from this passage. Number one, Jesus was anointed with the Spirit and power. And he healed everyone who was being afflicted by the enemy. Everyone. Isn't that great? There is no power greater than his power, right? But we also need to know that the devil comes with power also. And we need to be, some of us need to be healed from that. In other words, the enemy can come against us with physical afflictions, with mental afflictions. He comes at us in many different ways. Does that make sense? So, so the good news is Jesus is more powerful but we need to know that he calls us now to be his hands and feet and to go and to do as Jesus did and to heal all who are under the power of the evil one. Do you see what I'm saying? We don't ignore it. In fact, we, we go and when we see where the enemy has had uh, some success, he's taken somebody down, it's our great privilege in life to tell them the good news that the Lord has come to set you free. You see, I believe Isaiah 61 is our call, just like it was Jesus. We are called to tell the good news, to release people from prison and to preach freedom for those who are captive. And as we do it, we got to know that some of them are under the power of the enemy. And so we need to be clothed and equipped with our armor on, ready to go. Make sense? All right. 
So what do we do? What is our defense? Let's look at the next one. James 4. This was interesting to me. Almost every place that it talks about us resisting the devil, it also talks about our humility and submitting to God. God opposes the proud, says James 4, but he gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Isn't that good news? Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. James was, did not mince words, did he? He, wasn't, <laughs> he was not kind. He's like, wash your hands, you sinners. But the idea is, <laughs> if we're in sin, that's the first way to resist the devil, to wash our hands of it. And if we are being double-minded in any way, we have an allegiance here and we have an allegiance there. We have idols over here and we worship God over here. He's like, purify your hearts. Be single-minded. It's the best way to resist the enemy. Because those things are invitations for him to come in. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But let us come with a humility, knowing that we don't do this on our own, do we? It's submitting ourselves to the one who does the fighting for us. Amen? All right. So let's go back to the armor of God and just take it apart just a little bit this morning to know how do we get dressed? What armor do we put on and how do we do that? And let me say one more time. You have been given every piece of this armor. You already have it. It's in you because once you invited Jesus to come and be your Savior, he brings everything that we need for life and godliness according to his power that works in us, right? All right, let's go back, Joseph. So it says to stand firm then. Yeah, that's, that's later on in the passage. I'm going to go back to verse 10. And if you don't have it and you want to look in your scripture, you can. But in verse 10 it says, be strong in the Lord. If you remember, that was the first part of 6.10. Be strong in the Lord. In other words, don't do it in your own strength, okay? It's got to be the working of his mighty power in us, which means every day I submit to it and I ask for to him to fill me with his Holy Spirit and with his power. It's that power. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's, it's very able to conquer anything that comes at me in life. You see, we have nothing to fear because the power of God lives in us. And we are able to do immeasurably more than you would ever, we would ever ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. We have no idea. We have just barely begun to tap into the power that he has given us because of his goodness. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, not on my own, but by his strength and his power in me. There it is. So he says, put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Very quickly, that word schemes kind of sounds like a schematic. It actually is a detailed plan for each of your lives. Now, that's not good news this morning, but we need to know. He has a strategy for you and for me based on what he can see it true in your life. I can see that your weakness is here. So he's like, hmm, look, she falls every time she does this. Oh, look, this really tempts her. Hmm, let's put her in this situation and see how she handles that. So he goes and he has a strategy mapped out to come against you and take you down. And it's individualized to your weaknesses. Now, he's not omniscient. He cannot read your mind. But he can watch and see where our weaknesses have been. Again, I am not fearful of him. I'm just aware that he gets coming after me. Therefore, I want to be clothed so that I don't even have to think about him. I'm not going to focus on him. 
but I need to know that he's going to come with a detailed strategy and a scheme. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities, the powers of this dark world, okay? So it's like the enemy has an army, and it's like a, a general, and, and underneath that general there are lieutenants, and there is, uh, there is an order to it. We won't go into the spiritual forces today, but that's who we fight against. We do not fight against who? Flesh and blood. Your struggle is not against your neighbor who cut down your tree and run over your dog. Your struggle is not with your boss who totally ripped you off and didn't give you the bonus that he promised. Your struggle is not with your coworker who just totally lied behind your back. Your struggle is not with that relative who slandered you and spread all kinds of rumors against you. And you're thinking, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. It's really against the forces of evil working behind and in and through and just using people for his schemes. Why do we need to know that today? Because Jesus calls us to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. And if I think they're the enemy, I'm going to have a really hard time doing that. But that person coming at me with evil intent and hatred, that person is simply a pawn used in the hands of an evil enemy. And they don't even know it sometimes. James, no, Ephesians. If we just flip back in Ephesians a couple pages, see if that's the next one I got on there. Yeah. This describes some of those people we're talking about. And let's keep in mind, it described us before we were in Christ, okay? So there's no us and them. It's just which side of the cross are you on, you know? So as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ways of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, who, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Do you hear it? Who is the ruler of the kingdom of the air? That's Satan, right? And he is the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So number one, let's remember, it used to be me. That gives me grace. Number two, our enemy is the spirit at work within them. My husband and I, we do a lot of premarital counseling, and we've been to a lot of conferences. And one of our favorite sayings when we're really mad at each other is to remind each other, I am not the enemy. I am not the enemy. You know, it's just kind of like, all right, diffuses the moment. It's like, okay, okay, okay. Well, it's, all right, what's going on here, you know? But the same thing is true in every one of our relationships. And I've just been realizing lately, I need to look at people the way God sees them. There is a spirit at work in those who are disobedient, whether they know it or not. And my gosh, you guys, those are the ones that need to be set free more than anybody. Those are the ones, the very ones who are coming at you and wreaking havoc in your life. They may be the very ones that God is calling you to step out and to tell them the good news of how much God loves them and to let them know that they can be set free and to just keep loving them and to keep calling out their destiny and to see who they are on the inside, irrelevant of what their behavior is towards you. We can do that because, see, we're clothed with armor and we stand in the power of God and nothing can take us down. Paul quotes Jesus in the, when Jesus gives the Sermon on the Mount. And in Romans 13, this is what he tells us when we come against those kinds of enemies. 
Bless those who persecute you. Bless, do not curse. He goes on, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Do not take revenge. If your enemy is hungry, what do we do? Feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Some translations I found out, some of the people uh, interpret that to mean this, this may actually cause him to repent. And I thought, what in the world? And isn't it true, though, that it's the kindness of God that draws us to repentance? That's what drew me. And therefore, in the same way, it's our kindness, the kindness of God in us to other people that may draw them to repentance. And here's my favorite part of the whole thing. In fact, I want you to memorize this for the day if you can. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is our greatest weapon. We are a part of the army of God, but we are an army of love. We are to overcome the evil in this world, not by our wise wisdom, our knowledge of the Bible, or our strategies to be great orators and, uh, you know, argue with people. We are to overcome with good. We are to come at people with weapons of love, with serving them. We overcome evil with good. It's what Jesus did, and it's the example that he left us. And man, it is upside down, but it is the most powerful thing in the entire universe. We are an army of love. And when somebody comes at you and all you want to do is just, just remember to love them. It feels so unnatural. And then the Holy Spirit comes. You know, then the Holy Spirit comes and then you're just like, yes, yes. And you feel it. It's like, I, this is right. And, and it's because we're aligned with the heart of God for that person and aligned with his purposes and his strategy for warfare in this world. It's love. We fight with love. You're so good, Lord. All right. If we go on to the next one, I'm not going to go through each of these individually, though I would love to because I'm a teacher, but I'm going to try to refrain. And these are the basic things that God arms, tells us to arm ourselves with. Okay? Truth. We got to know the truth of God's word. We got to know the truth of who he is. We got to know the truth of who we are. And we got to walk in truth, okay? We arm ourselves with truth by walking it out. We speak truthfully. We live truthfully, lives of integrity. There's nothing hidden. We're an open book. And if we do mess up, we come, we confess to each other, we confess to the Lord, and we're clean. We live in truth. Does that make sense? And guess what? When you do that, the accuser has no more ammunition against you. Because what does the accuser use? Your past. That way you messed up. But if you have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus and if you're all clean between him and between the people that you have sinned against, he has nothing on me. So that's the best way to defend yourself against the accusations of the enemy is to remain clean before the Lord. And that's the next one, righteousness. We live lives of righteousness. And we can do that because Jesus is our righteousness. In fact, check this out. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is my righteousness. Jesus is my peace. He is the faith. It's the faith of the Son of God that I now live by. He is my salvation. He is the Spirit in me. And He is the Word of God. You see, everything that you need has been given to you when Jesus Himself came to take up residence inside of you and He lives there by His Spirit. Everything you need is right in here. And we just need to learn to put it on. That's our part. We put it on by walking it out, by being faithful to these things. Oh, 
he, he's so good. He's given. He doesn't want us to be sheep without a shepherd. He doesn't want us to be harassed. He is so for you. He wants you to be able to walk in righteousness and truth and freedom. He wants you to know life, life abundantly, life of love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness. And we can do that in the midst of the enemy coming at us because, because we are armed and protected and we resist him when he comes. This is good news this morning. This is good news. All right. Let's just pick two of my favorites to look at this morning, and that is the shield of faith and the word of God. So I would encourage you, if this is speaking to you this morning, study this on your own. You know, go home and and work with God this week on what do all these things mean and how do I put them on every day, okay? But for right now, let's take a look at taking up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the fiery darts or the flaming arrows of the evil one, okay? Now, let's go back. What are those flaming arrows? Sometimes it's a physical affliction that comes at us, but a lot of times it is a lie and an accusation that goes poof, and it just comes at us out of nowhere. We are to raise up our shield of faith and say, stop right there. I know that that is a lie because I know what I believe and I know what is written in here. And so I pull out my sword of the spirit, which mine is really worn, and, and I use it against him because I know, I know that what he's telling me is a lie. And when I do that, I lift up my shield of faith and it just goes boom and it just bounces right off. For example, he comes at us lately and he says things to me like, Lori, your friend Molly, you know, her little girl has cancer. So, so Lori, how come God did that? And if I just leave my shield on the ground, I'm toast because I'm going to spiral and I'm going to go down. But if I remember who my God is, I raise my shield of faith and I say, uh-uh. I know who my God is and I know that he tells me in James chapter 1, See, because I've got it in me, I'm ready. I'm armed with the sword and I pull out my sword and I say in James chapter one, it says, do not be deceived, Lori. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the father of the heavenly lights in whom there is no shifting shadows. He does not change. See, if I, so then I know that if it's a good gift and a perfect gift, that's what comes from my father. And I also know from the word of God that the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. Therefore, I can know where certain things come from and where certain things do not. And I stand firm in the fact that my God is good and his love endures forever. He is faithful. He is true. And I stand with other people and I worship him and I proclaim his goodness and I'm raising my shield of faith and that fiery dart just falls to the ground and has no power over me to take me down. And then I remember that my God is the redeemer who will come into every situation, including Molly's and Izzy's. And I pray that he's going to heal her by his power. And I pray that he's going to redeem every lost minute in their lives. And I pray that his goodness is going to bring good out of every situation because we love him and I just proclaim the truth of God's word over every situation and I'm learning I'm learning from my friend Judy who sends me emails every week and about the time I'm like oh this is too much she's like no we keep proclaiming we keep proclaiming we keep reminding ourselves and the enemy around us who he is and who we are in him then discouragement does not get us. We are able to move forward and to take the love and the faith of the kingdom of God. Sometimes the enemy will come at me with this one. So how long has it been since you heard the Lord, Lori? 
Do you really hear his voice? Maybe that's just you. Where is he? Where, how long has it been since you felt his presence? And then I got to like raise my shield of faith and I pull out the sword of the spirit and I go, my God is with me always. He will never leave me nor forsake me. I know that my God is with me and he is mighty to save me. I got to know what's written in here, you guys. We've got to know it for ourselves. We cannot expect for Randy to like just give us a spoonful of it every Sunday morning and then we go about our way. He calls it armor because we're supposed to get dressed in it every day. And if we don't have it on, then we have openings for the enemy to come at us. Does that make sense? And you're going, oh, no, one more thing for my to-do list. I don't have time to read God's word. No, 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 no. This is like so great because it fills you up and it satisfies your soul better than like the best chocolate donut or better than the best TV show on television or any other thing I could choose to do with my time and my energy. Now, it doesn't seem like it at first. So you've got to take a step of faith and you've got to make yourself open it up. And then you've got to say, Holy Spirit, speak to me and show me the truth in this word. I want to hear your voice. And I know that in your presence, God, there is life that, is, <laughs> that, that you will satisfy me as with the richest of foods. That this word is life to me. And then I have a hunger for his word. And then I want to know what he has to say. And then I realize, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing in the world. God speaks to me through his word. And then I want it. Do you see what I'm saying? So we've got to do a little bit of discipline here until it comes. It becomes part of us. But people of God, we've got to get equipped. We've got to be ready for when that enemy does come against us. So we don't have to pay no attention to him anymore. We've just got to focus on this. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay, here's the cool thing. Do you know this is the only book in the entire universe where the author of it stands over your shoulder while you read it and reads it with you? Is that cool? And I go, I don't understand that. What does that mean? He's like, check this out, Lori. And then I'm like, no way. That's amazing. And the Holy Spirit begins to give me understanding, according to 2 Corinthians, and he gives me the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that he tells me what it means. You give this to an unbeliever and they're like, this doesn't make any sense. If you'll notice, it says this over here and then it says this over here. No, it doesn't make any sense unless you have the Spirit of God in you, giving you revelation and teaching you. And you hear then the voice of the almighty living God. See, this is to lead us to the real word of God, the living word of God, Jesus himself. I don't read it by myself. It's him and me together. And it's that sweet time where we walk and we talk with each other and he reminds me then what it is. Then when I'm out in the world or I'm out in a battle and all of a sudden something sideswipes me that I didn't see coming, I can pull out my sword because it's already in me. And I'm equipped and I'm ready for battle. Does that make sense? I'm going to pray right now. Holy Spirit, I pray you would pour out a hunger for your word right now on your people. Lord, I just pray that people would reach up and grab it because you've got it here for us this morning, that you would give us a hunger for your word, a greater hunger for your presence, and I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would be poured out, that we would see the truth of your word, the goodness of it, and that we would draw closer to you, Jesus, our word of God. Would you just be talking to us all the time? all the time, bringing back the remembrance of your word and of all the things that you teach us. Holy Spirit, pour it out right now. Just fill our hearts with a hunger for your word. And when we come back here next week, may we have spent a lot of time just basking in it. I ask in Jesus' name. In closing, we're going to turn to Luke 4. And we're going to look at Jesus' example. You talk about spiritual warfare. 
chapter 4. This is what it says. This is right after he was baptized. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. There, there's the key right there. Okay? Full of the Holy Spirit. That's what you and I have to do every day. Fill me up, Lord. He was uh, returned from the Jordan, was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Okay, let's talk some serious, serious spiritual warfare. 40 days, right? He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. What's the first thing he throws at him? If you are the Son of... He's questioning his identity. First thing. See, if we question who we are in God, then it, everything else crumbles underneath us. We got to know who we are, don't we? I'm a, I'm a child of the king. I'm not perfect, but in my weaknesses, he is strong. I got to know who I am. All right. Jesus answered. Oh, what does it say? He, it is written. <laughs> he pulls out his sword. Man does not live on bread alone. You see, Jesus could do that because not only was he the word of God, but just like all other little Jewish boys, he had to be trained in it. And in back in that culture, uh, every little Jewish boy had to memorize what? The first five books of the Bible, right? The whole, the whole thing. They, this was part of the Jewish culture. It was their life. But the law was everything to them. It was more important than reading, writing, and arithmetic. Do you know what I'm saying? We in America have lost that. We think that it's really good to be educated and intellectual, and I'm not putting those things down. But if this is not supreme... Did you know that Yale and Harvard were all formed to teach men the word of God? I mean, how far have we come? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, we need to wake up. This is like everything to us. It's the very word of God. And Jesus was ready when he needed it. Let's go on. The devil then led him up to a high place, and he showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, Jesus, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written. He pulls out his sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. He was ready with the right answer at the right time. And here's an interesting point. What does the devil tempt him with here? With power and authority. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but does not Jesus have now all power and authority? Was it not his destiny from the beginning to have all power and authority over all the kingdoms of the world? So isn't it interesting that the enemy tempts him with the very thing that he was destined to have? But he tempts him in a way to take it before it's time. He, te he tempts him in such a way as to say, you know, you don't have to do this thing God's way. You can do it my way and still get the same results. Take the shortcut. You don't have to endure the cross. Now, I don't think that the enemy knew exactly what was going to happen, but Jesus did. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay, this occurred to me this week. In my life, maybe in yours, think about it. Most of the time I fall or fail or give in to temptation, it's because the enemy has tempted me with something that actually is pretty good. And he just happens to offer me a different way to get it that is different than the way the Lord wants to give it to me. Often it is something good that we desire. The desire is not bad, but we reach out and take it in a, in, before God's time. Does that make sense? Hey, we're going to get married. You know, it, what does it matter? You know, we can just go ahead and sleep together now because we're going to be married one day anyway. That's God's, that's going to happen anyway. That's, that's the good gift God wants to give us. But we take it before God wants to give it. And then the enemy has won in that situation. 
Oh, your, your check has that much money extra? Well, that's a misprint, isn't it? Who knew you would, you know? It's like, but then the enemy comes and says, remember that bonus that he messed you out of, you know? He cheated you. That really is your money. It's really yours. Just keep it. Because God was going to, you know, it's, it's yours anyway. You deserve that. Or, or my favorite these days, you deserve to be happy. No, I, really. <laughs> now, I deserve what Jesus took from me. And he took what I deserved so that I could have what he deserved. And therefore, it's all grace. But I don't just take something because it's going to make me happy. First, I say, Lord, is this your way and is this your will? And then I say, I'll wait. See, the enemy wants us to mistrust the heart of God, just like he did with Eve in the garden. Eve, take it now. Don't trust God. He's holding out on you. Wrong, wrong, wrong. God has such good things waiting for us. And if we would do it his way and in his time and trust his heart, trust his plan, even though it seems like this would be so much easier, if we would stick to it, persevere, he will give us good gifts in his time. He will fulfill our desires in his time. He will come through. He is the almighty trustworthy one because he is the perfect father who loves us. The very last one. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you, if you are the son of God, he's still going at it, throw yourself down from here, for it is written. Whoa, stop. Did you see what just happened there? The enemy just pulled out a little wimpy sword. <laughs> Only I'm thinking his probably had holes in it, if you know what I mean. Did you see that? He's like trying to use the word of God against the word of God. I, well, my, what? Okay, so... He actually quotes scripture. This is legitimate scripture. He says, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands, Jesus, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. But Jesus answered, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Remember, he's looking for opportune times to come at you. And just in closing... There are times, you guys, if, we don't, if we're not empowered by the Spirit of God, we can use, misuse the Word of God against each other, can't we? And in fact, some of us in this room, that's been happened to us. It's happened to me. You know, a very dear sister years and years and years ago came at me with the Word of God and hit me over the head with it, and I didn't see it coming. And I couldn't figure it out because I thought, we're on the same page. We're, we go to the same church. It, it was like didn't make any sense to me. And then I remember... I fight not against flesh and blood. Sometimes the enemy comes in, doesn't he? And, and if we don't have the spirit of wisdom, see, wisdom, it helps us to know how to use what we've been given. It, this is knowledge, but if we don't have wisdom on how to apply it to specific situations, we have the, the temptation to misuse it. Does that make sense? And Jesus knew the Father's heart. Jesus saw the big picture. Jesus had the spirit. He was the spirit of wisdom. Therefore, he knew how to apply God's word to the right situation at the right time. And so can you and I. And maybe sometimes we need to go to each other. And I've done this a hundred times. It's like, I'm sorry. I totally was in judgment against you. And that was a religious spirit all over me. And I'm sorry that I used the word of God against you that way. But we need to come clean because we got to know how God would use his word in our lives. In closing, if you want to turn here, you can, or just look up on the screen. Look at Second Chronicles. This is an example of spiritual warfare in the Old Testament. 
It's one of my favorite stories in all the Bible. And this is what it says. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not... Mm, yeah. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. So picture this. God's people, the Israelites, are in uh, fighting. And here's a huge army and enemies surrounding them. The Lord wants them to know, don't be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. This is a very clear word I felt strongly for somebody in this room today. Do you feel like there's a vast army around you? You feel like you're surrounded on every side and it's coming at you from every which way. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the vast army. For the battle is what? It's not yours. It is the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat, he was the king, he appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, the head of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against their enemies and they were defeated. Is that not the coolest thing? So this is the Lord's greatest uh, battle plan for you and for me to come before him and give thanks to the Lord, to praise him, to worship him. When we come together here on Sunday mornings and we are together worshiping as an army, we have no idea all the ambushes that the Lord is setting out here and taking care of things for us that we don't even know about. He is out there fighting our battles for us. And you and I don't have to assume this, this I'm going to go out and get it kind of mentality. We just rest in his presence and we just spend our time worshiping him. Because the more we worship him, we are proclaiming his goodness, causing our enemy to flee. We are being filled up with his presence because his, his presence uh, fills the praises. What's that scripture? He inhabits the praises of his people. Right? So whenever I praise him, he inhabits me. He fills me. I am so filled up with him that all I can see is the greatness of my God. And I am no longer afraid or discouraged because I know that no matter what comes at me, he is greater, he is stronger, he is more loving and kind, and he cares about me. I just, I, it's our greatest weapon we have, you guys. And we here at the Vineyard, we have a special call on us as a church. Hear me. We are a, a worshiping people. And it is our greatest thing we can give to this city. We've got to keep worshiping the Lord at school, at your cubicle at work, in your neighborhood, and with your children. For heaven's sakes, we've got to train up our children in these ways. That this is the greatest, uh, the greatest defense that we have and the greatest offense that we have is to spend our time focusing on who he is and worshiping him for the glory of his splendor. And he fills us up. And then here's the really cool thing. You walk into an atmosphere and the enemy tries to come against you. And you and I can't see this. But they go, whoa. That's Jesus. Jesus is all over that person. And they flee. You see, when we walk in the spirit, then in the spirit, they, they, they can't even handle being that close to the presence of the Almighty One. And if they do have enough guts to come any closer, all I got to do is say the name Jesus. And every enemy was flee. Because at the name of Jesus, he cast out demons and he raised the dead and he cured lepers, lepers and he healed the blind and he raised the, the lame man in the, with one word, the name of Jesus. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confesses that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you that your name is the name above every name.
And there is no other name by which we must be saved. And that Jesus, your name, is our salvation and it is our defense. And Lord, we love you and we worship you this morning. And I ask that you would protect us, your people. Thank you that we are the sheep of your pasture and that you are the great shepherd. Thank you that you give us all the protection we need. And we can just focus on you and all that you've called us to do. So I just pray against any discouragement right now in Jesus' name. And we pray against, Lord, any distractions. And we just say, focus us back on you today, Lord. We love you and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. We're going to have a time of communion. So uh, would the communion servers come forward? And as you come this morning, would you just pray about, Lord, is there anything, you know, that's out of whack with my armor? Have I dropped the the breastplate of righteousness? Have, Have I spoken untruthfully? And if there's anything out of whack, now is the time in communion with the Lord to make some of those things right to simply ask for forgiveness, to live that lifestyle of repentance because, oh, that's the way we live. Come now to the Lord's table. If you come uh, up the side aisles, uh, there is wine on the outside and grape juice on the inside. Come now and commune with the Lord. Of course, the enemy was trying to intimidate and, of course, he had kind of been seeing what Lori was doing, what she was preparing for us. Uh, so what I love, though, is Lori was just sharing out of James 4. Uh, there were just some really clear things that, uh, that she highlighted, and actually with those in the Word, kind of action steps. You know, we are not, you know, it's like we, we don't have to be paralyzed, right. you know, whenever warfare is going on, but uh, steps of humility, you know, submitting to God, resisting the devil, uh, coming near to God, Washing our hands, purifying our hearts, and even dealing with this whole double-mindedness of like, well, God, are you for me or are you against me? What's going on? But to come into agreement uh, with the Lord. But I just really felt like I just want to encourage you. Thank you. Action steps. These are things that we can do. We are not powerless against an enemy, and we have nothing to fear. And just in closing uh, today... I personally, this will surprise you, there was a little bit of a, a spiritual warfare against me this week. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. But I, to the point where this morning I woke up and the first thought I had was, what are you doing talking about this in church this morning? Literally, it was just like, poof. I'm like, oh, I could have talked about this. I should have talked about that. I mean, just all these things. And you guys, I came in here just a little bit like, oh, Lord, I feel so weak. I know you are strong, but I am completely weak. And do you know that I went in and I asked for help from our intercession team. Praise God for our intercessors. And my good friend Doug had had this picture before. Listen to this. This is so cool. Before church even started this morning, they were in here praying, and he saw a picture. This is the greatest thing. And, and, and the Lord had me in his hands, and behind me, there were all these angels. Is this okay that I share this? And these angels, are you ready for this? Guess what they had? They had their swords right here. And then he said that as I started to preach the word of God, they raised these huge swords in this semicircle right here, and they clashed them together over my head. And the word of God went forth, and then they left, and then they came in, and they pierced our hearts with the word of God. And he had absolutely no idea what I was going to talk about this morning. And I came in here thinking that I didn't hear God at all. And then look how the Lord uses the body to come together to strengthen us because he wants us to know. Isn't he good? Oh, he's so good. This is what's happening in the spiritual realm. There are angels fighting for us. Thank you, Jesus. You got something? Uh, my little, my warrior hero here. Come.
You're funny. Hey, I just heard this yesterday. This is such a good word. It's my friend Judy. And, <laughs> and as you shared this this morning about um, the devil roams around like a lion, the key word there is it's like a lion. He's not a lion. We know who the lion of Judah is. That's good. Who Jesus is. He's the lion of Judah. And what I really was getting a minute ago was that some of us really need to declare that and put Jesus back in his rightful place in our lives because the enemy can do nothing. He's a defeated foe. And so I just pray that right now in Jesus' name, Father. I thank you. We repent, Lord, for gazing our eyes on the enemy of our souls. Yeah. Thank you. Because you've already defeated him. Yes. And scripture even says that one day we'll look at him and go, you're what I was afraid of. (laughs) So we just put you back, Jesus, on the throne where you belong. You are the Lion of Judah. And I just pray your grace over all of us, Lord, that have been captured and and, um, bound by fear, that we can just look at you and see you reigning over our lives. Yes, Lord. Bless you. Thank you, Judy. It's all easy. It's all about getting dressed. So every time you get dressed in the morning, this is what I want you to think about. We are to be arrayed in a robe of righteousness. We are to clothe ourselves uh, with a garment of praise. And we are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, according to Romans 13. Just get dressed with him. Be filled with his spirit. And and the, the enemy will have to flee. Bless you guys. Lord, I pray you would just be with us this morning and be with us throughout this week and help us to be clothed in you. We love you, Lord. Amen.